Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, and you've joined me on Ordinary Time 33. The American West frequently sees annual forest fires, but in 1949, the Man Gulf Fire in Montana was surprisingly severe. Thirteen firefighters perished in the blaze. Why was it so deadly? This is exactly what author Norman McLean wanted to find out. He felt moved at the age of 74 to begin researching and writing about the story of this fire, why it was so deadly, and how it can be prevented in the future. But you know, his peers and his friends thought he was crazy. After all, everyone at 74 was retiring and going to golf courses in Florida. Why would Norman need to research and write about this well into his 80s? I mean, it took him literally thousands of hours of research, interviews, even going all the way up to Man Gulch in poor health and it's sometimes 120-degree weather. Why bother doing all this when he could just be golfing or playing shuffleboard? He wrote about his drive to research and write about this fire, even in his 80s, when he wrote this. He said, I sat in my study, making clear to myself my homespun anti-shuffleboard philosophy of what to do when I was old enough to be scripturally dead. I wanted this extension of life to be as hard as before, but also something new that I haven't done before, like writing stories. His book, called Young Men and Fire, was published posthumously, and it was not only a work of art, in fact, the New York Times called it a magnificent drama of writing, but also it was an important advancement in fire science, hopefully leading to safer ways to fight forest fires. I really think Norman McLean embodied what the true value of work is. It's not just a way to pass the time or earn a paycheck, but it was so much more than that. For him, it was a way in which he could find meaning in life, in a life that's meant to be a self-gift. In fact, it was something that he could do that was good for humanity and developed his talents. He found all of these benefits and reasons and motivations to write because he had the truly Christian attitude of what work was all about. St. Paul in today's second reading speaks to us at great length about work. And since most of us spend about eight hours a day doing it, let's talk about what is the Christian value of work? What's the Christian meaning of why we work? You know, our modern culture sees work according to two extremes. On one extreme, we have workaholics, people who work 70, 80, 90 hours a week, seeing themselves and others only in terms of what they can produce. You know, these people really have their entire identity wrapped up in their work, and that's an error. But the opposite extreme is also an error. Seeing work only as a means to an end. We just work, go through that drudgery just so we can get a paycheck and enjoy the weekend. But you know, as Aristotle taught, virtue is in the middle of these two extremes. And so as Christians, we see work as a necessary part of our dignity as human beings. After all, Christ was willing to work as a common laborer for 30 years. You know, work helps to develop ourselves as persons. It helps us to grow in virtue and self-sacrifice and it helps to serve the needs of the community. So let's pull apart those things to try to understand what is the benefit and the value of work. So first, work develops us as human beings. You know, if I'm a scientist, a lawyer, if I'm a teacher, if I'm a stay-at-home mom, whatever work we do, it challenges us daily to learn new things, to grow, to hone our skills, to do it to the best of our ability. As Matthew Kelly says, it makes us the best version of ourselves. And that's a great definition of how work changes us, because it does challenge us to grow and to bring forth all of our talents. But not only do we develop our talents, we develop our virtue as well. For example, if I run a shop, 
We have to be patient with, with customers. That can be frustrating, and we grow in that virtue of patience. Maybe we practice teamwork in our collaboration, perseverance when we work on a difficult project, or humility when we're praised, or even when we fail. You know, John Paul II loved work. He was a laborer himself before he became a priest. And in 1981, he wrote an entire encyclical letter. That's a letter addressed to the entire church about work. It was called Laborum Exercens. And in it, he wrote this awesome line. He said, work is a good thing for man because through work, man not only transforms nature, but he also transforms himself. Finally, I think one last uh, powerful way in which work is ennobling is that work is about serving others at the end of the day. When we cook dinner for our kids, it's as if we're serving Christ himself. You know, when we answer the phone at our job, we must realize that the person on the other end is a soul that Christ died to save. So in a sense, labor always puts love into action. And we can practice that virtue of charity by seeing the other person as Christ himself and by loving them out of our love for God, motivated by love for God. So, you know, with all of this dignity that work gives us, we have to remember that it can be detrimental to the human person just to give them a handout, as some have suggested we should do with the poor. You know, some people say, well, we should increase the government welfare or we should offer a universal basic income. And while that might indeed solve some short-term problems, it actually prevents people from benefiting from work. And it also prevents society from benefiting from the gifts and the talents of the laborer. Now, with all of that said about the dignity of work, work is not an end in itself. I studied in Italy for a year, and it was utterly maddening as an American to find that the Italians would close all of their shops between 1 and 4 p.m. as they took their little siestas. I always thought, man, that is not a good way to run a business. But I think they had the right idea. Because they worked to live, they didn't live to work. Even God rested on the seventh day to show us that if we wish to be godly, we also need times of recreation. Now, what about those who don't work, maybe lab- don't labor in a job, maybe retired or disabled in some way, unable to work? Well, we still have work to do. We can pray, for example. That could be a great work of charity. We could volunteer at our parish or at a- another uh, good organization. We can show generous service to our spouse and our kids and our grandkids. So we all have a mission in life. And this mission isn't seeing how much money we can make or how comfortable we can be, but rather, how can we give to others? So is there a patron saint of work? I can think of a lot of saints who labored for a living, but one that kind of stands out to me is St. Isidore the farmer. He was from Spain in the 1100s, and Isidore and his wife were tenant farmers who worked, uh, they were very well known for their piety and generosity, but they worked for a landowner, a landlord. And the landlord once complained about Isidore praying too much, So he went to go and check on him and see in the field if he was doing his plowing. But he wasn't. He was gone. He was at Mass. And in his stead, angels were plowing the field. And they were plowing three times as fast as he could do it on his own. And so from that time on, the landlord recognized his sanctity and no longer troubled him about his prayers. Isidore and his wife also were very generous with the fruits of their labor. And they would often bring home people who were hungry or homeless to just offer them a good meal. And so on one particular occasion, Isidore went through the town and brought a very large group of homeless, hungry men and women to the home. And so his wife dutifully started spooning out all of the stew that was in the pot, but it wasn't enough to go around. And the, the wife insisted, well, that's, that's all there is. I'm sorry, I have no more left. But Isidore said, no, 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 go check the pot one more time. And when she went to go check the pot, 
she found that the pot had miraculously filled up again. I think it was really by uniting his prayer with his labor that Isidore became a great saint, really even by the sweat of his brow. And so, my friends, whatever your work, do it for the Lord, and it will make you holy. Holy.